Hey, it's Mistress Carrie, reporting for duty from MCHQ for a bonus episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, better known by all of us as DCU. And whether you're driving off the lot or refinancing, DCU can help you save on your next auto loan with rates as low as 1.49% APR. You can learn more at dcu.org auto. Insured by the NCUA, membership required. Okay, it has taken me a little while to uncover this audio. For anyone that's new to the Mistress Carrie podcast or new to Cocktails in the War Room or new to the Mistress Carrie radio show, I've been embedded with U.S. troops overseas twice. In 2006, I was embedded with U.S. troops in Iraq. And in 2011, I was embedded with U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Both trips took place in September of that year, and I commemorated the 5th and the 10-year anniversaries of 9-11 overseas on the bases with our troops. With everything that's been going on in the United States while U.S. troops are leaving Afghanistan and evacuating thousands of Americans and even more refugees, there are a lot of feelings, especially recently losing 11 Marines, a soldier, and a Navy corpsman. Emotions are high, and people have a lot of questions. They're angry, afraid, sad. They feel lost. They feel helpless. And this is such a complicated issue that no one really knows what's going on. The 10-year anniversary of my trip to Afghanistan is coming up quickly. I spent two and a half weeks in Afghanistan in 2011 with my producer, Mike. And if you go back and find episode 15 of the Mistress Carrie podcast, he and I sat down at the end of last year to talk about our memories from the trip. Some are good, some are bad, some make us laugh, and a lot make us cry. While we were there, we had a chance to meet thousands of our troops, including some that are no longer with us. We also met hundreds of school kids that would be going to schools built by the Americans that were dedicated and named after our own fallen soldiers. We spent an entire day on a small outpost in downtown Kabul called Balahassar. Balahassar is on a mountaintop underneath the ruins of a fort built by Genghis Khan. It was a small base, fairly isolated on the hilltop, and it was there to protect something called an aerostat balloon, a massive blimp with high-definition cameras on it that allowed U.S. forces to be able to have surveillance over downtown Kabul. After staying too long on that base and venturing back to our own base of Camp Phoenix at night, that same aerostat provided an eye in the sky to watch us as we navigated the city at night. You'll remember it was in 2011 in September that the ISAF headquarters and the U.S. Embassy came under attack by the Taliban. We had just left that base a few hours before. Balahassar was a really interesting base. It was an American compound within an Afghani compound, and it had low ground, meaning that the mountains surrounding it were taller, and there was no way to control the safety of the base. So much so that at night, Balahassar went dark, which meant no lights were allowed to be turned on because it was at a tactical disadvantage, and our troops were in danger if they could be seen at night. We spent the entire day there, getting to know our troops that were stationed there, and understanding the need and the usefulness of the aerostat. It was one of the only places we went where the actual cook was a member of the army. And in all honesty, it was the best meal we had while we were there. We spent the day touring the base, checking out their accommodations, playing a little basketball on their homemade basketball court that they made out of plywood and rebar, 
And then in the chow hall, we had a chance to sit down and talk to some of the soldiers. Conducting these interviews really gave me an understanding about the people behind the uniform and the combination of soldiers from Massachusetts and Mississippi that were stationed on this small base. One of the people I was fortunate enough to sit down with was the Afghan interpreter. I think with everything happening recently in the news, some people don't understand why so many Afghans need to come to the United States and what jobs they did for our troops overseas that put them in danger today. So after touring the base and eating a delicious meal, playing a little basketball, and even filming a video, introing Boston's Dropkick Murphys on stage at Fenway Park from the base on top of the platform where the aerostat was, I had a chance to sit down and talk to the base's interpreter. He was young, handsome. He had a fantastic sense of humor and had been with us all day since we spent so much time with the American soldiers, but also with the ANA soldiers, the Afghan National Army. You can imagine a purple-haired female civilian radio DJ walking around a base in downtown Kabul might be a sight for an Afghan soldier that's never seen anyone like me. Like I said, it's taken me a while to actually dig up this audio, but I thought it was important with everything going on in the world right now for you to hear from someone that was doing the job with our American soldiers to understand how important their job was and why it is so important for so many of our service members and veterans that those that help them during their deployments get out of Afghanistan safely before it's too late. So rather than have me tell you what he was like, I want you to hear it directly from him. This is a bonus episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This was recorded in September of 2011. Who could have foreseen 10 years later that the world would be so different? I'll put this side note that I have no idea where he is. I don't know what's become of his life. And I don't know if he ever came to the United States or not. All I can hope is that he is happy and that he is healthy. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to. You the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll start slow. All right, so uh, tell everybody what your name is and where you're from. My name is Nangala. I'm from Afghanistan. All right, so you are the uh, base interpreter, correct? Yes. And I, I think a lot of people would be very surprised back home that there are local Afghanis working so closely with our soldiers here. How has that been for you? That's, that's been going, but that's been good, you know, that 
lots of Afghan that they're working as interpreter here, they're proud to do that job because they do honor for their country and serve for the United States. There's a lot of people back home that think that uh, everyone in Afghanistan doesn't like the fact that we're here and wants us to leave. Is that true of everyone or is that just a small group of people? This is a small group of people that they're not educated, that they are not like, their minds are not light. The people who are educated, they know why Americans came to Afghanistan. This is the point that they came here to ensure security for Afghan people. So lots of people happy about it. Those are like a small group that they don't like Americans to be here. Now, the, the hopefully one day and, and hopefully one day soon, the Americans will be able to hand the country and the security back over to the Afghan forces. Do you think that's going to happen soon? I wish it's going to happen soon, but, you know, it's impossible to happen soon. I wish it will. Now, I got a chance to meet some of the Afghan soldiers that are also here on the base, and uh, I, I, I don't think they've ever seen anyone like me before. Is that true? Yes. So what, we got to take pictures, and, and why don't you tell everybody, uh, we're on Camp Balahassar. Can you tell me a little bit of the history of what's up the hill and what we were able to see today? This is one of the historical places of Afghanistan, which is called Balaisar, that got built by Genghis Khan. He was the one who attacked in Afghanistan and... and and surround Afghanistan, so he made this base uh, as a presidential palace for him. And after that, Genghis Khan, this Balaisar used to be a different palace for uh, lots of like former kings like Mahmud Khan. He was like one of the kings like 100 years ago that made the Balaisar as a presidential palace for him and his family. And this was one of the nicest places that you had seen it today. There's a lot of people in Boston that think that our city is old and that there's a lot of history there. Uh, to educate people back at home that, that, that that's not the case compared to here, how old is that wall that's up there on the hill? It's like thousand years ago. We do have expression in Derry that everyone loved their countries. That's why the Boston people say that Boston is one of like historical city, but Afghanistan might be like as much as historical more than Boston, as I think. That, that's good. Yeah. Um, now, I, I need you to, to, to tell me, after we went up to the wall and we got to meet the soldiers and we got to take pictures, I know they didn't speak English. What were they saying about me when they left? You have to tell me. Uh, Did they think I was crazy? No, like some Afghan people, I told you about them over there, that they are so shamey, especially they shame so much from women's. And they were surprised that you stand over there and took a picture with them. They were really surprised. And I was with Sergeant Mason that one of uh, ANA soldiers told me that I'm so happy about the Americans that they are here, you know, that made a security for us. I wish they'd been live here for a long time, you know, to make a good security for our country. And then wish them best of luck to move on their countries. Uh, what do I hear from one of the ANA soldiers up there? Have you tried to, to teach Dari to the guys here on the base? And, and what kind of students are they? I've been taught Dari for one sergeant that I forgot his name. He's on leave now. I never you know, taught Dari for others. I made a schedule to teach them, but they're so lazy. They're not present, you know, to be <laughs> attend on Dari class. So they're blowing you off, basically. Especially my LT, my commander. He told me to start Dari, but he didn't, you know. So he's not coming to class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where did you learn English? I learned English in one of private institutes in downtown Kabul City. So you can go and, and learn English and, and freely take these classes without fear or, or danger to yourself? Because I would think that the fact that you're even here with the Americans and talking to me right now could be a dangerous thing. 
it's not dangerous when you live in Kabul city. Kabul city is one of the nice and peaceful city. So it's not fear, you know, to learn English. It's, it's like free city. You can learn English, whatever you want, you know. There are a lot of like private institutes that you will pay money and you learn English, so it's so good. So if, what would happen, let's just say, if instead of me putting all of my body armor on and getting back into that big, giant, armored vehicle that I came here and I just walked out of the gate, would I be okay or would I not be okay? I promise you will be okay. Because <laughs> we're friends now? Yes, we are. Have you ever not been? I, I, I used to be a shopkeeper in downtown Kabul city. I saw a lot of American and European that they walk like civilian. It doesn't matter. Kabul is like one of peaceful province and nothing will happen. No one will stop you who you are, where are you going. That's why I love Kabul, you know. Have you ever been to the United States? Not yet. I wish to go there. You do wish to go there? Yep. What, what do you think um, America has or Americans have or even the guys here on the base that you wish you had and, and hope that someday Afghanistan has? Besides, like, obviously, like, freedom or, or something like that, but, like, you know, do you see these guys with stuff and you're like, wait, I want to have one of those? I wish, you know, to, that our country have those things that you guys have, but I'm sure it will happen one day. So you're a very optimistic uh, young Afghani civilian, and, and I think that a lot of people listening to this are going to be very surprised. Yes. But that's a good thing. Yes, it is a good thing, ma'am. Well, I, uh, I know that I speak for everyone at home when I say that the job that you are doing with our soldiers to help them communicate with the locals here is something that I don't think gets enough attention, and I don't think people like you get enough praise and thanks for doing the job that you're doing because I know that you're very optimistic, but I also know that there are a small group of people that would probably not be happy about what you're doing. And so as an American, I want to thank you very much for taking care of our guys. It's very important to us to know that these guys are safe. Thank you very much from you too. And this is a pleasure to work with the U.S. Coalition Force. I'm proud from my job because these guys, you know, gave us lots of honor to this country. These guys came here to ensure security for us. These guys gave us freedom. These guys gave us those opportunities that we could, you know, continue our high, higher education. These guys gave us everything, so I'm proud to work with the U.S. Coalition Force, and I was proud of it again. Now, be honest. They're a little bit weird, aren't they? Maybe, yes. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate you, too. Well, there he is. That was Nengal, the uh, interpreter on Balahassar that was working for the U.S. troops while I was in Afghanistan in September of 2011. Like I said at the beginning, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he wanted to come to the United States and if he was ever able to do that. I just thought it was really important that you hear from one of these Afghans themselves. So you could hear that the so you could hear the pride they had in working for the Americans. Those interpreters were invaluable for our troops. And the work that so many Afghans did over there over the last 20 years have saved countless American lives. You can go back and listen to episode 15 of the Mistress Carrie podcast to hear AAF to Afghanistan nine years later, my sit down with my producer in Afghanistan, Mike Sayo. Special thanks to our sponsor, Digital Federal Credit Union. You can find them at dcu.org. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss anything from the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. Plus, every weekday, you get the Situation Report. 
The sit rep is all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. You can find everything you need to know at mistresscarry.com. The Mistress Carrie Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.